welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alfie, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. I have a dope guest in the building today. I have my good friend, Ernesto Mandowski, blessing us with his story and how we can use his idea of cross-pollination in order to live our best, productive, most fulfilling life. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating of the show and also a review. I appreciate you. I honor you. I love you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special, special, special guest in the building. This man is becoming one of my good friends, and I'm super grateful for it. My man, Ernesto Mandowski, he is the cross-pollination designer, and he's also the author of Newbie. Ernesto and I met a few months back through a mutual friend of ours, uh, Julian Castro, and then just over the last couple of months, we just keep crossing paths in two really amazing groups, uh, Creators for Connection and also Miami Made, and it's just been awesome to see Ernesto really burst out of his his shell and really come into his own as an amazing, empowering entrepreneur serving a lot of small businesses in, and independent businesses like myself in our journey to sharing our gifts with the world. Ernesto, welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you, Alvi. I'm, uh, I feel blessed and I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm honored. I'm honored to be part of the You Can Too movement now. And uh, every time I see you, you know, you're always wearing a striking piece of clothing, or your hair is up in a new style. And you know, like like you said, like you also have this awesome energy that you bring to to both of these organizations, uh, Mandy Made and Creators for Connection. So I'm happy, very happy to be here. No, I appreciate that so much. I mean, something that's been really important for me in my journey has been full self-expression and showing up in the world exactly as the person that I desire to be. And oftentimes that shows up in my clothing, um, how I'm wearing my hair, and also how I interact with people, always looking to be friendly, meet people where they're at, and connect with them on a deep level. Something that I love about your work is that, you know, you're bringing so much process and organization clarity and discipline to entrepreneurs like myself before we take a deep dive into what you do as a cross-pollination designer i would love to hear why it is you do the work that you do and kind of what that process looked like from earlier in your professional career to where you are now thanks uh yeah, I will start with. I'll start with when I was younger. I I watched The Secret, and for those who don't know, The Secret is a movie that came out in two thousand four, two thousand six, and it talks about the idea of a vision board. And I didn't really know like what life would entail. Uh, I I knew that I, I was really excited about food and restaurants and bringing people together, and I was really excited about math, math and science and systems and 
how things worked and how things kind of came together. And after I watched the, the movie The Secret, I started to wonder like how I could create a vision for myself uh, specifically for my career and kind of what I wanted to do mm. uh, with restaurants, with the, with the systems, with the math, with the science. And little by little, I started, I started identifying these ways in which I could combine, combine the two pieces together. I really, you know, I, I would feel this amazing energy whenever I was at dinner parties or at restaurants and or I was doing homework or my computer programming classes. And for the past 10 years, you know, I've, I've been seeing like how I could keep combining the two. And at the beginning of this journey, people could, kept telling me, no, like it can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. And I was pretty ruthless and focused on my <laughs> vision on, on how to get it done. And, you know, fast forward the journey without, you know, maybe we'll get into it in a little bit, but uh, fast forward the journey, I, I created multiple dream jobs for myself. Uh, being, you know, director of strategy for a 90-year-old iconic restaurant group. Uh, I was an operations analyst at another New York City restaurant group. I worked at a restaurant technology point-of-sale company doing systems work. And I look back and, you know, if I had listened to these people telling me, no, you can't do it, like I would have never created any of those positions, any of those, yeah. like, unique opportunities for myself. So as it relates to why I do what I do now, you know, I work, I try, I'm trying to work with people to help them, you know, one, identify what those passions are that light them up, and two, how can you take a unique combination of those passions and productize it into opportunities for themselves? Because, you know, what if we all listen to these people who say, oh, it can't be done, it can't be done, like, then we're going to kind of be miserable and depressed their whole life. But Absolutely. if you can empower someone and say, "Hey, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take health. I'm, you know, you really love, you know, as, as you like to do speed walking in, in some of your your clips. Like you can combine speed walking and health and coaching. And oh, now you can create this amazing you can too movement. Like imagine how many people, how many unique businesses and services we could create for the world. Absolutely. So I want to kind of serve as as that person who could cross pollinate all these different interests together to help people authentically self-express themselves through these products, through these life experiences, through these companies that they're trying to build. Mm, I love uh, that so much because what you're talking about there is basically empowering the people you work with to understand like, hey, the many different opportunities, skills, passions, you know, services, products, all of that that you have to offer and that you want to share with the world it's possible to put those things together and create something that is going to be of value to the people that you, you know, sell it to or work with service. And it also allows you as the individual to live your best life and to experience abundance in the here and the now. And something that I love so much about what you were saying in your journey is how you were not letting other people's no stop you from doing what it was that you truly wanted to do, which is powerful because I know in my experience of working with so many people, it takes, and also in my own life, it takes a lot of security in ourselves, 
uh, being grounded in who we are, our values, what we stand for, and ultimately what it is we're looking to create in this world in order to transcend all the no's that we might be getting from those closest to us, family members, friends, loved ones, you name it. What was it for you that allowed you to be so grounded and rooted into who you were and allowing you to not let those no's stop you? Well, before I I get into that question, I want to point out what you said about, you know, family, friends, and closest ones. Uh, There's a a famous thesis that was written in the 1970s by this doctor named Dr. Mark Grunvetter. And and this thesis was called The Strength of Weak Ties. Mm. And what it does, it, it it talks about when you look at your social network, all the people around you, there's two types of of relationships that you have. You have the strong tie, which is your parents, your best friends, your siblings, people you grew up with, the people you go to church with or synagogue. You know, people that are really around you, you really know everything about their lives. And then there's the second type, which is the weak tie, which is people you really don't know who they are, but you know, you work together or you take a you took a course in college or maybe you volunteer. Uh, you know, there's not really, you're, the way you bond with those people is through the mutual interest that, that you share with them. And ironically, when it comes to change and new opportunities and, and really, you know, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, like very rarely will the, will the strong tie empower that because, you know, either you know everything about them and there isn't much more to explore. Mm-hmm. Or like the emotions get in the way, you know, the family, they, they, they fear monger and, and they tell you like, oh, what if it fails? And it's just out of protection. But the weak guy, they don't really know you. Like, of course, they'll gladly give you some advice. They'll give you new direction, new opportunities, uh, new options. And it's those weak ties that really move the needle for you. Like maybe mm. you're trying to become a health coach. And all your friends around you are all overweight and like they don't see the value of, of doing health. You have to you have to find new groups of people to work with, to serve. And so this idea of the weak tie is something so important uh, that people need to become aware of because uh, that's where the growth lies uh, with your weak ties, uh, mm. way out of your comfort zone. For sure. That's powerful. I've never heard that thesis, but it makes so much sense to me. And that's actually something... I want to dive into a little deeper and actually read that. Appreciate you sharing that. For sure. For sure. Um, going back to earlier, what you said, like, what was it that really kept me moving forward? Um, you know, I, I really loved restaurants. I really loved using food as a vehicle to bring people together. And I think it was kind of that love that still, even I got to know, like, I was still going to find a way to make it happen. Um, my grandfather was born in France, and he was born during, you know, World War II, or no, before World War Two. And he, I read his story when I was in college, uh, his, his autobiography. He had to escape Europe. He had to do crazy things, you know, become friends with sailors, forge passports, whatever it was. He was escaping uh, 
Nazi Germany, and you know we are Jewish, and so he was mm-hmm. like always in, in kind of in danger, fleeing danger. And between, you know, they couldn't get to the U.S., they went to Nicaragua, they had to meet people, go to the other, you know, Guatemala. And, you know, he made his way to Peru and then eventually built himself up to be a self-made man running mm. running a company in, in, in Brazil, like huge, a Latin, whole Latin American distribution for a, a mechanical company. But, you know, reading that story and just seeing how, like, you have to just be very persistent in, in just exploring different approaches until you find the solution that works for you, I think it was a big inspiration for me. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that you're able to take the story from one of your forefathers and use that as inspiration, as a lesson of how important persistence is in working towards something that's truly important to you, that's worth that persistence, which is amazing. And as you were going through the journey, because I know we talked about this story a little bit before of, you know, essentially you got into restaurants, but then there were some things that happened in your life that had you kind of pivot slightly. I would love for you to share with our audience some of that story and the lessons that you learned in them. Yeah. So I was in restaurants. I, you know, had worked in a few companies. Uh, doing analysis, doing process design. And about three years ago, I I made a commitment to myself that I was going to finish writing my book. Uh, it's called Newbie. It is called Newbie. And I was going to tour the country and, and talk about the ideas. And right at that time, it was a big crux because uh, an old boss of mine came to me and said, hey, like I'm going to be the CEO of a really big restaurant group and I want you to come with me and help transform the organization. And, you know, I got, I got a title, I got a fancy salary, I got, you know, quote unquote, the dream job. And I was thrilled. I was excited. Like I, I did everything that I, I had been working towards. I created this dream opportunity of mine and I accepted the job and the job required me to move to Washington, D.C., and then eventually move to Orlando. And what I, I would never have anticipated, everything that I gave up in making that decision. You know, when, whenever you choose something, you're also choosing to not have something else. And when I chose to have the dream job, I chose not to have uh, a close, loving family around me. I chose to be away from my friends. I chose to join a toxic company, I chose to join, you know, really work in isolation, work in heavy long hours, work in, uh, I chose to to be, give up a lot, a lot in my life that I really cherish, like being near family, near friends, near community, all for the sake of this job, Uh, because I thought that was the dream, I thought, you know, the salary and the title was the dream, and that's when I really discovered the true meaning of cross-pollination. I, I initially said the way to create a dream career is to cross-pollinate your experiences to create these dream jobs for yourself. But ultimately, I discovered the conclusion of cross-pollination is not to create just the career, but really it's all parts of your life. You need to make sure all parts of your life are satisfied, 
that you're nourishing all those different areas, including of which your career is just one part of. Amen. And it's in this balance that, you know, we really thrive. Oh, that's so spot on. And what you talk about in your experience and how that led to this idea of cross-pollination and understanding that every domain of your life matters, not only career, right? That's important, but so are your your family and friend relationships, your health, uh, you're getting time for your leisure activities, your personal growth, your spiritual growth, time for community. All of these things are typically requiring love and attention in order to truly live a fulfilling life. And that's something that I work with uh, many of my clients where the center of their universe or the center of their solar system is their work. And they'll sacrifice on every other part, whether it's from a health standpoint, friends and family standpoint, you know, personal needs, you name it, in order to satisfy whatever the specific job requirements are. And over time, that leads to unfulfillment, burnout, um, you know, anger, frustration, sadness, anxiety, depression, just all, all different types of things. So I love how you were able to learn this experience through, you know, getting that job that sounded like an amazing opportunity at the time, but it wasn't until you were actually in that job and seeing what you were missing that it really hits you like, okay, I think this actually isn't for me and that there's actually something else that I really want to pursue. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think for most of us, we oftentimes find out while we're in it, after the fact, like after our decisions, when we're living <laughs> right. with the consequences. But yeah. Yeah, such a good point. So walk me through just some of those, like just go a little deeper for me in terms of some of the things that you were experiencing when you weren't with your family as much now and you weren't close to all of your friends and you're now in this job and you weren't really feeling truly fulfilled what was your, your experience like? What were some of the things that you were going through, if you don't mind, you know, talking yeah. about that? No, that's fine. I, uh, so on the personal side, I, I, had, I had started dating someone, and we were, had never done kind of like a long-distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this person also was working a lot of hours. She had a very demanding job. And so, you know, we would try to connect, but either one or the other was in meetings, and it was kind of hard hard to communicate outside of work uh, with my family. You know, we, always, we would always have weekly Shabbat dinners on Friday nights, and, uh, you know, I didn't really have my family to have Shabbat dinners. Like, I would try to do Shabbat dinners with, you know, acquaintances or different services that were available to match right. people together, but... It's sometimes hard to hard to replace, especially when you have that whole like, you know, newcomer syndrome. You're not really super comfortable in these areas. Um, with friends in New York, I was you know I was heavy into the salsa dancing scene, mm-hmm. and I would I, you know, my best friend uh, we would go to salsa dancing once a week, and obviously that was not happening in D.C. Mm. Um, my other friends we were doing Krav Maga personal fitness, and so I wasn't doing Krav Maga in D.C., and 
course, you can do all of these things on your own, but I think there's a there's a certain fuel or a certain energy that that's created for you when you're interacting with, with your best friends all the time and doing these activities uh, that really fuel you. And so when I because I, I had that maybe the anxiety that I didn't have the right people to, to do these things with, I wasn't going, I wasn't, I probably wasn't even trying to, to do it. And I would start getting calls from work at night because that's when, that's when the managers were working in the restaurant and they had questions. And so I would get the calls. And so between working all day and then answering the phones at night, it was kind of like this never ending. I was like, yeah kind of this vicious cycle that I didn't even know how to break. Because, uh, you know, you're constantly being called because when you're the guy responsible for the changes, I'm also the guy who has to answer with all the questions. Mm, makes a lot of sense. It was like your your time was being taken all day and all night. And they were always yeah. expecting to have access to you. Yeah, and even, you know, I tried to do things like, oh, set up online wikis where people could go and, like, you know, quote unquote self help, like find the answers to their own questions. I mean, people people didn't they didn't care about the wiki. They just wanted <laughs> a call because that's the easy, that's the fastest way to get a response. But right. you know, th- there's that like dilemma that I guess companies all the time face. Like how do you how do you help serve your guest or your customer the most efficient way? But on the personal side, yeah, I was definitely felt like I never had a break. Yeah, that's so tough. Yeah, I think, um, man, I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's something that a lot of people experience in their work, this idea of like, man, I have to always be ready and be available for the job. And ultimately what happens is that the person will just sacrifice on their personal life, just like you were. And, you know, you weren't able to have the Shabbat dinners with your family anymore because you were in a new place, you know, not feeling like you could go and get the salsa dancing in not only because your friends weren't there, but also because, you know, you kind of were like on the clock or like on call always, right? You never know when that time was going to happen and you weren't able to get your, um, the, the martial arts in and everything like that. What was the time or what was like the big catalyst that allowed you to take the jump from, you know, doing the type of work that you thought you wanted to do at the time, like having this really just great title and position within a huge restaurant group to eventually moving on into entrepreneurship and the type of work you're doing now. So it's going to sound super cliche, but I think it's the best advice that anyone could ever hear. It was identifying what was important to me. Mm-hmm. It was identifying that being near family is important for me, that being near friends is important for me, that living in the same city, you know, being in a city where I want to be is important for me. Um, the whole transition was kind of insane. Uh, our, the company I worked for got acquired on the day before COVID, hmm. and uh, the whole deal closed the day before COVID, and you know, the next day our revenues tanked 90% and the whole world closed, obviously. But um, the company that bought us was based in Texas. And my position was going to be required to be in Texas. Hmm. And, you know, my whole life, I, I, you know, I, I, I think I'm an entrepreneur. I think everyone is an entrepreneur at heart. 
Uh, they just don't realize it yet. But I, I had many opportunities come up in my life where I could go actually try and be an entrepreneur. People were going to back me. Uh, and I always chose the safe route with corporate. But finally, I decided, like, I'm done choosing the safe route. Like, I need to at least try being an entrepreneur once in my life or else, who knows, I'm going to be, you know, 30, 35, I'll be married, and then I'll, like, never really take the plunge. Mm. So after identifying, like, what was really important to me, I said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a creator of my own life and, and find a way to make money on my own terms. Uh, with this new uh, foray into entrepreneurship, so, wow. yeah, that's incredible. And I don't, I don't think it's cliche at all. I wish more people were able to realize how important it is to identify what is more important, what is most important in their life, so that they can start to take the actions and tap into the ways of being that are going to actually allow them yeah. to create that life, right? Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, man, so many people, at least I make up, don't really know what's important to them, A, or B, are not willing to let go of the comfort that they may be experiencing now in order to getting to where it is that they truly want to go. Right. Right. Well, because they probably don't even realize a better option exists. Right, for sure, right? Like with awareness comes choice. And if that awareness is not there, then how is a person going to be able to make new choices, Yeah. right, going forward? With what you got going on now and diving into entrepreneurship, I know how, you know, rocky it was in certain aspects for me getting started. How was your journey of starting entrepreneurship and how long have you been an entrepreneur as of right now? So this is months. Four. Let's go. Um, the journey begins. And, uh, you know, it's it's been great in that I, I, I find myself to be blessed to have, you know, a few clients already that both on the individual side and on the corporate side that, you know, believe in, in what it is that I'm doing and kind of want to invest in, in, in my services. At the same time, you know, with Instagram culture and social media and comparison and I don't think, you know, that, that culture still, I'm victim to it. And mm -hmm. so at the same time where I say, oh, like I, I've sold $10,000 in revenue, at the same time, I, I'm, I'm also telling myself, why the hell am I not at 30? Why am I not <laughs> at 50? And, you know, it, it's this dance. It's, it's really such a mindset game that you have to play every single day and you have to remind yourself, you know, it's all about 1%. It's all about incremental growth. It's all about like moving the needle a little bit at a time and, you know, not going crazy over, Oh, why isn't this person getting back to me? Like I'm, I'm putting in so much action. I'm putting in so much work, so much this, so much that I'm checking all the boxes and, and the world isn't, checking the boxes and you're, you're playing with this whole expectation game mm -hmm. and it, you know, it can lead to, it can lead to anxiety. And so, you know, the, the entrepreneurship game, I think is uh, one of, you know, serious um, self-love 
it requires serious self-love. Yeah. It requires a reminder of, you know, it's all about put, you know, loving yourself, doing your best, trying your best, and continuing to move the needle in, 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 in the little increments that you can. Yeah, I love that. And you bring up so many great points. Um, you know, the first one that you brought up in terms of this, you know, comparison culture that very much exists or is very apparent in social media where it's like, okay, like, you know, I've generated, you know, 10K in revenue, but there might be other people out there where it's perceived that they're putting out so much more. And then it can have, you know, me think as an individual, like, damn, like, why aren't I doing that? Why aren't I creating more? You know, I think that is, you know, something that we get to really be aware of as entrepreneurs and understanding that like, hey, we're on our own journey, right? And we're putting in our own specific steps and that our process might not look like the process of the person next to us, yet it's such a funny dance because at the same time, we get to be very honest and clear with ourselves on, okay, am I putting in the steps day in and day out consistently in order to generate the type of revenue that I'm looking to generate or to book the amount of discovery calls to see who would be interested in my services, right? And then even within that, it's like another dance of making sure that I am holding myself accountable to what I say I'm going to do, yet making sure I'm not beating myself up and essentially paralyzing myself from learning from the lessons and making improvements, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I love that. And so you say you've been about four months deep into this journey. Let the listeners know, like, what's the type of work that you're doing now in terms of, like, how you are creating value for your clients? So what I'm doing now is, if you think about how I opened up and I spoke about the vision board. You know, I I don't believe that, you know, you take a piece of paper, you put some pictures on it, you look at the pictures, and you hope and pray that one day they, they come to life. Right. I, th- I think, you know, you see a picture of a university logo, and sure, you could hope and dream, but you, I think there's, there's some work to be put in there. You know, you got to do some research. You got to understand the requirements. You got to understand the programs that are there. You got to make that vision really, really come to life. And so, what it is that I do now is I help people articulate goals, not only in their career, but across you know, the six areas of life. I have health and wellness. I have learning and exploration, mindset and spirituality, relationships, community, and career. Nice. And I help them articulate these goals and start creating action plans uh, through either projects that they have to complete or habits they have to start developing. And, you know, that, that rolls into different tasks that they have to complete on a day-to-day basis. When you look at, like, what a vision board represents uh, through the lens of, like, project management and keeping track of, of different processes and whatnot, like, it it can get very overwhelming very quickly because of the sheer amount of work and things that you have to do and prioritization. And so what I do is I help people transform these vision boards into easy-to-use project management processes for their, their lives and 
for, for individuals and then for founders with their businesses as they're trying to get their ideas to come to life in, in their businesses. I love that. That's so powerful. And I think it's so necessary, especially for uh, solopreneurs, right, who are very much caught up in working on their dream, but might not be doing it in the most effective and efficient way possible. Not to mention, they may also be sacrificing, you know, their personal life and like those different pillars that you spoke on. What have you found within your system that is really helping these people get results? What I've found is, uh, A, I think the scope of questions and how deep we go into these different areas really helps me and helps clients, uh, give, gives us the ability to create goals out of them. You know, sometimes gotcha. people don't even realize you know, the extent of health and wellness and all the areas that are involved there, like sleep or alcohol consumption or uh, movement practices. Like people don't mm-hmm. realize that relationships isn't just your partner or, or, or not even your partner, you know, date, the, your dating profile, but, you know, you have your family, you have your friends, you have community members. Like the, There's just so much awareness that is brought in through my programs Mm-hmm. which would be part one. And then part two is the actual implementation planning of these goals. Like how can we turn this identification of, oh, I want to go on more dates, translate it into, okay, now I understand like the type, the type of dates that I want to go to. I already have venues that I'd love to take people on. I already have like different activities that we could do. Like, you know, you could really take this idea of like, I want to put myself out there to you already have like, boom, 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 boom. You've already thought through 10 of these different things so that when the opportunity presents itself, like you're ready to take action. Like you're ready to move instead of, you know, being overwhelmed. Like, Oh my God, I have to plan a date now. Or, Oh my God, I have to plan like how I'm going to hit my sleep goals. Like a, a lot of this, upfront identification of, of these things that you're trying to work on helps us create plans for how you can execute uh, much more quickly. I love that. I love that. I couldn't agree more, man. It's all about the awareness first. And then out of that awareness and that clarity comes this idea of implementation and really like looking at like, okay, now that you know where it is that you want to go, where you are currently, what are the actual steps that you get to take in order to fill that gap. Super, super, super important. How's it feel to be doing work that you're truly passionate about and doing it in your own way? Kind of a game changer. Like, um, I never realized that you could live on your own terms. Um, Of course, getting to this point requires a lot of, of pre-work, a lot of setup work. Uh, you have to feel comfortable from a financial standpoint, from a emotional standpoint. Like there's a lot of different pillars that come into play to take this leap. And uh, I think by having done the work of, of preparing for this really keeps me in a, in a calm mind state to, to to be creating something new, which is ultimately much more exciting uh, 
and living on someone else's rules. Mm, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah, I feel the same exact way. I remember when I first made the transition and I was able to, just like you said, like be able to do things on my terms in my type of ways and make my impact. It's really was a game changer and ultimately deciding how I want to show up in the world and how do I want to share my philosophies, my gifts and everything that I can do to better other people while first making sure that I'm bettering myself. What do you feel like is really helping you stay on top of yourself as an entrepreneur and in doing your cross-pollination work with others? I, uh, I practice what I preach. Uh, I use, you know, the system that I actually use with clients is called Notion. And Notion is a new technology platform out of Silicon Valley that helps companies collaborate. And the secret sauce with it is that I am able to create uh, this tool that can help me check off my, my daily habits. It can help me check off the different actions that I have to do to move my projects forward. It can help me. It reminds me of, oh, now you have to check your financial model. Now you have to you know, follow up with your sales leads. Now you have to work out. This is the, the workout plan that you stated for the week. This is the stretch plan. This is, you know, the, the nutrition. Uh, my partner and I use it now to, you know, keep track of, of house projects, mm-hmm. of grocery shopping lists. Like, you know, this, this tool that I've really dove in on has really changed my life because, you know, life, like doing, doing all the things, as easy as it sounds, can be very overwhelming. There's a lot of things to be done. <laughs> right. so if, if you have it all in one place, it, it just makes it so much easier. You know, kind of like the awareness. Once you have the awareness, you can take action. If you have everything in one place, instead of you know, in your notebooks and in your Google Docs and in your Apple Notes and in Evernote and the sticky, and, you know, if you have it all in one place, it's so much easier to take action. Yeah, it's, it makes it so much more efficient and effective. I love how you talk about within Notion, how everything's there in one spot, right? You don't have to go running around, you know, from Trello to uh, Gmail to, um, you know, Google Docs to Google Sheets and all those different things. It's like, no, we can actually create your schedule and all of your tasks within one platform, which I think is amazing. And I know for me, something that, you know, I used to do would be, you know, I would quote unquote, just go with the flow. Right. And I realized very quickly that that's not a great way to actually get my goals done. Because, you know, if I'm just waiting until I feel motivated to go do something, well, motivation is a very inconsistent thing. And it's actually our daily actions and proving ourselves time and time again, that we're capable of doing something that actually builds the motivation and the confidence what would you say to a person who was like me, who was very like, oh, I can just go with the flow or like, you know, I have a pretty good, you know, understanding of how I'm doing things. And like, it, it seems to be going okay. How would you coach that person if they were open to it in letting them know how this level of organization can take their personal and or professional life to a higher level? I think I would ask them, first I, w- I would ask them, you know, 
what are they up to today? How much money are they making? How often, how often are they traveling? How often are they, you know, investing in intimate experiences with their partner? Uh, you know, having experiences with their family. I try to really understand what's important to them. And, and then I'd ask them, you know, how would it feel if they could have more of those experiences? How would they feel if they could spend more time reading, more time painting, more time really like living life uh, instead of, you know, work? How much time could, could they spend on living instead of working? Because mm. I, I think, you know, the easiest, the easiest point of relation for everyone is like how much time they're working. And if I can help them realize that they could be getting the same with less time worked or, or using the same time worked and getting so much more out of it, you know, I, I think we would we arrive at the point where they can learn how to squeeze the most out of their lemons. I love that. I love that. It's essentially finding out what's most important to that person and then showing them how they can create more time to do those things that are so important to them and still be able to conquer, you know, all the maybe day to day little tasks that need to be done and just make it more efficient so that they're not wasting so much time in the doingness of things and actually creating more time for themselves to actually enjoy the things they love. Yeah, exactly. That's powerful, Ernesto. I love that. Can you leave the listeners with one or two questions that they can ask themselves that would allow them to create more cross-pollination in their life? The first question I would ask themselves is, what are you doing today that truly lights you up? And, you know, why are you not doing more of it? Mm. That's the first question. And the second question is, What's getting in the way of doing that thing that you really want to do? And who do you need to meet in order to help you transcend whatever roadblocks to help get you there? Mm. And I asked that second question because, you know, talking about the weak ties earlier, like they might know this person already. They might already know the person that's going to change their life the person that's going to introduce them to that photography course, the person that's going to teach them about this new breath work practice that's going to change the game, this person that's going to make the introduction for them. Like, what is the, what is the profile of the person that they need to meet that's going to change their life? And then go meet that person because we have all these people around us that can help us really up-level. We have no idea because we, we don't think about the relationships around us. So, yeah, I invite people to think about that. Both of those are extremely, extremely, extremely powerful questions, Ernesto. And I love them so much because it really gives the listener the opportunity to get deep with themselves and, and to truly look within and, one, take an audit of, you know, how they're currently doing with the things that are most important and 
through their discoveries within that audit, they can now decide who is it that can help them take that next step forward. What is it that they get to do on an individual basis to bring a new level of consistency and results to them and ultimately put them in a position to live a healthy, joyous, loving, and fulfilling life. Yeah, exactly. I love it, brother. I love it. This has been an absolutely amazing conversation. So many gems here, so much that the listeners can take home and start to apply to their life and into their journey of growth, both personally and professionally. For all the listeners who are listening right now, Ernesto, where can they find you online? They can find me on Instagram. I'm Emandowski. That's E-M-A-N-D-O-W-S-K-Y. Uh, I'm also building out at Cross Pollination Design uh, at the moment. And uh, yeah, you could hit me up, shoot me a DM, and we can talk about what it looks like to start cross pollinating your life. Yee, let's go. Everyone listening, I cannot recommend Ernesto any more highly than I'm doing right now. I'm getting ready to dive in with him and take my life and my business to the next level. And the reason why I do that is because I believe in the work that he does. And he is just not only great at what he does, but he's an even better human being. And I think it's so important for us to find the like-minded people out there who we can collaborate with in order to build ourselves up and help the other person in the process. So Ernesto, thank you so much, my brother. And I appreciate your friendship, the work you do in this world and how powerfully you've been showing up. Thank you, Alvi. You as well. And I'm, I'm hyped to dive in with you and ultimately the rest of your tribe and the world at large. Ooh, let's get it. Blessings, my brother. Thank you.